You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Bees and bongs, boys. Bees and bongs. Bees, bongs and bitches. How's your leg, cunt? Oh, fuck. It's fucking <laughs> sore, eh, bro? Drop some knowledge fuck. on these bitches. What happened? You know, so I get up, stand a day, wake up, check the surf. Oh, it's a fucking beautiful day. Nice and sunny out there. It must be hard to check the surf from your joint. Yeah, no, it's fucking... I've got to walk fucking 10Ks to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I thought, fuck, yeah, I'll have a bit of a rest. I'll go have something, make something to eat, and then I'll get back into it. You know, it's a beautiful day, sun shining, fucking women everywhere. Fuck it. Go to the kitchen to go fucking make some eggs. It's kai time. It's kai time. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, Grab the grab the pan out of the fucking dishwashing rack, and there was a, a bowl behind it. I didn't mm. see a ceramic bowl. As I pulled the pan out, the bowls like hit the deck, shattered everywhere, and bits fucking bounced up and stabbed me in the leg. Shattered, shattered, and <laughs> fucking <laughs> cut the fuck out of me. Eh? You so know, short, long story short, fucking five internal stitches, four external, and thank fuck I've got a nurse that lives downstairs for me because she. Got me straight into Lingard Hospital, no line, no nothing. Just mm. fucking walk in, see the doctor, boom, boom, stitched up, mm. see you later. Bit merry with a baby, we know everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. How was, your, how was the, uh, your ride out in that new hog you got, brother? Yeah, part of the Harley owners group now, wild hogs. Why ride like a motherfucker? So I rode me Harley in here today like a gangster. Parked it out there so they had all the boys to see it. No one said anything about it, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, uh, it's good fun. It's good yeah. just to finally get there. We worked me cunt out my whole life to get there and I'm there now, so. Speaking Speaking of the boys that we've got in today, uh, yeah. I've got a little something, well, it was your idea, so mm. yeah. it's a little James something idea. special. Let's just, uh, instead of introducing, let's just play this. Coffee in the building and with fucking his sidekick as usual. Sidekick, he's, I don't know, you don't usually have a sidekick fucking bigger than you, but anyway. <laughs> but we got Pooley in the building also. What's up? What's, up? What's going on, boys? How are we? Thanks for having us. A few Friday beers with the boys or what? Nah, man, nah, keep it tame. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and James will drink for you today. All right, here's to you. Good on you, boys. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, no worries, Cheers. boys. Thanks for having us. Oh, no worries, no worries. So, uh, how was your day, fellas? You've just been training or? Yeah, no, it was cruisy. We, um, Fridays are good for us. Uh, normally Pulley has the morning off, but he's been holding the business up, so he showed mm. up early and dragged me in. And, um, yeah, Friday Arvo is a bit of a Friday by day and cruisy and get out of there early to come see you lads. So. What time's early in the morning, Pulley? About quarter past five. Most quarter mornings, past five. Quarter past five. What time's the first class, 5.30 or? First is actually at five. So we've oh. got a, yeah, we've got a brand new class open. Uh, so it's a five-hour crew, which um, one of our new coaches actually uh, runs, Kynan. Um, so that's the first one there. So I'm only at 6am. 6, 6 so get in there. 20, He's a handsome fella too, eh? He is. Mm, see him yeah. this morning. Big Actually, I was getting a coffee. Big Polynesian fella. <laughs> yeah, Pelton. Polynesian Elton <laughs> John, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's the first That's the uh, the first crew that runs off. And then we're um, I'm in there at 6am. And then cough runs in at about 7am, 8am maybe. Mm. On the Harvo yeah. shift. Close to 11. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're going to be boss dog. Do what you want. Oh, fucking hell. That's, that's it. it. Mm. So, uh... Any uh, fuck? I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> what are your notes for? Fuck it. Trying to bullshit. <laughs> All right, we'll just duck, duck straight on into it yeah. then. I guess. Um, tell us. 
We've had a guest on here before, you both know, Darby O'Leary, as yep. you know, lived on Curry Street. And uh, did both of you live on Curry Street also? Yeah, bro. Pooley, oh, I, I was a uh, Curry. Pooley was 100 Curry and I was just up the corner on, um, on Kempster. On, on fake Curry. Fake Curry. I was always trying to find the curry. boys, but <laughs> I never quite got in there. That's the story of my life. <laughs> so, um, as, as Darby said on it before, he said, like, his upbringing was idyllic, you know, just... Good street. You had mm. you up the road, all the mm. kids, play, like everyone playing cricket. Jacko. Jacko Baker next door and that as well. Like yeah, all the kids in the street playing cricket and all that kind of stuff. Was that Bro, just your, was te- that your same idea, same take on it? 100%. It's just your textbook kind of like um, textbook neighbourhood sort of growing up. You get cricket, cricket in the Arvo, ride your push bikes in the um, – Coming down in the evening, you get your whistle by your, by your dad to come home for dinner. Yep. But, um, but everyone around the, around the neighbourhood's top shelf, so that's why you keep so many mates. Um, from that area, so yeah. yeah, couldn't ask for anything more. Need more numbers? You call up the fake Curry Street kids. We're down off the bench. Off the bench, you're in today, cuz. Come, my name in the tree, boys. The Kempster kid. So you two have been mates since since kids, yeah, bro. Since seven, seven years old. So we haven't spent too much more than a week apart, unless I'm overseas. But. Um, yeah, so I used to have to ride up the hill and go on to Kempster and kind of hide my stripes when it came down Curry. But, um, yeah. Oh, he's okay. It was pretty good. <laughs> you got, you got a pass. Yeah, got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've fucking decided to uh, run a business together and Pooley's been my babysitter ever since. Mm. Nice. nice. Good. So who is the one who gets who into – because you know, there's always one. Who gets who into trouble and who gets who out of trouble when you're growing up? It's 50-50. It is? Is it? Yeah. yeah it's ebbs and flows. So uh, it depends who's single, really. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, look if you do, if you if you fuck up, you make the mistake, then hopefully yeah, the other one's got got you back and Bang. and he's ready to fucking pull this you out of there. Is the story? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you text the Saturday morning, bro. Come pick me up. Where are you? I'm in Mayfield. Oh fuck, right. I'm here. <laughs> no, that's too far. <laughs> you can can't get there on the pushing cars. Yeah. <laughs> so you both play for the Greens, these juniors. Yep. Yeah. Well, obviously, me and Paulie both play for Souths. To be honest, that our first game, I actually went to um, church on Saturdays. I was seven day Adventist. So I never got a chance to play any footy until Dad, who was Catholic, just said, look, I need to get um, this kid out of going to church because I was just getting in trouble. So, um, yeah, he never missed a footy game ever again because he got to get out of Seventh Adventist Church. And then, um, yeah, played Souths Juniors, under-11s to under-16s, and the team fell apart. And I actually went to Lake Macquarie Rugby Union. <laughs> and um, Dad, Dad, just, <laughs> Dad just said, get the fuck out of here. You're going to the Greens. Yeah, play at Townsend. Uh, yeah, under-18s to... Yeah, 2013, I think. So uh, seventh, seventh date. That's pretty. That's pretty strict, huh? Yeah, there's very no, strict. There's really, no drinking. Really sorted me out. There's no, there's no nothing, eh? Yeah, yeah, no dancing, no drinking, no meat. Um, yeah, Bible studies Friday night, and um, yeah, I had a real, real strict upbringing. How was, how was that for you, knowing like oh, your mates are doing all this other kind of stuff, oh. and you're getting brought up like that? Did it? Oh, to be honest with you, it was just like. It was mum's idea and mum was um, – it was mum's connection to her family because she was a bit far away from her family, like, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so dad went along with it. Dad was from a family, like, six brothers and a sister who were all Catholic, you know, drink, smoke, play guitar. So it wasn't heaps strict, but we'd go to church and play our role for the day and then get home and dad would get back on the darts and have a beer. Go home and drink, smoke and dance. <laughs> <laughs> classic husband just doing what he's told until he gets a fucking minute to breathe. <laughs> I don't know, I've done. All right, can I play now or what? <laughs> <laughs> and you were in that same rugby league team? 
Uh, no, so I was I was actually a year younger than Coff, so I was oh. coming up. Um, <clears throat> I was coming up in like the, the days of like the Simon Williams and and yeah, your characters like that. Ooh, name so, drop. Yes. Oh, oh, wow. to, uh, top striker where I was one year. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> only because I was outside of uh, Simon Williams on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> no, we um, played uh, under under probably fourteen or my under 15, 16s, and then I think we had an under seventeens team. It was the first first time they had the under seventeens. Then we went to under eighteens, and then. Did the did the whole dual dual code so eighteen oh, yeah. eighteen South and um, I think it was I think we were maybe in the Colts yeah. the Colts then in the, from Merida and then the body just started to fall to pieces. Yeah, you can do that shit when you're eighteen for a little bit. I'm, mm. I'm done. So I uh, just made the um, made the permanent switch to Merida Colton and I bleed green baby. Yeah, how how long did you spend at Merida? Um, I played there from about from probably from about eighteen all the way through to about 26, 27, and then kind of just on and off a couple yeah. of great games here and there. But um, we're hoping for a maybe a grand return. Oh. <laughs> it's always that way. Just in fourth grade, third grade. Yeah, it, might, it might shock oh. you to it might, it might shock you to know, but I did preseason with the Greens this year. It does not shock me. <laughs> <laughs> you feel <laughs> that shirt out, not like it shocks me. <laughs> you can't even cook lunch yeah. without hurting yourself. Can't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Fucking the dirty thirties have got a hold of me the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I ever. So did you boys? Did you boys have success at the Greens in the juniors and stuff like that? But no, I fucking sucked, eh? Um, I thought I was a five eight, so um, I came over all. there and yeah, I thought I was a man. Couldn't really pass. Couldn't kick. But um, I pushed Brady out of the way and said I'm going to be the five eight, and he was nice enough to let me be there. And I think we, I might have, yeah, fucked the whole season for us. <laughs> this spot gets the girls. Yeah. I'm yeah. being in this spot. <laughs> I, I am a number. Didn't 10. help me there either. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what? What time did? You, what age did you move into grade? Were you a pre? Uh, well, we had a we had a gun Colts team. Gun. We had like Brady at ten. We had Strawny at nine. We had Crider at fullback. We had um, Sammy Clifton on one of the wings. Mark Wade. Um, yeah, we Brody had Mark Duncan. Wade, Weber So at the front row. We had Anthony Shaw. We had this gun team. The Raptor on what the other wing. Yeah, yeah. And we um, we went through. I think undefeated. We had a draw in major semi, and then we won the Colts grand final, which was which was unreal. And that was yeah. two thousand eight. Maitland. Yeah, and then that whole backline. Yeah, that whole backline went to um, first grade the next year. Yeah, straight into first and grade the next year. We played Wanderers and played a hundred minutes and lost by one point. So that was two thousand nine, and that was the most painful moment of my life. So have you won? A, so you've won a few grand finals with the Greens oh, and mate. stuff. Yeah, well, we won. Oh no, only one. Only twenty eleven. Anyway, two, fuck, two. it doesn't even matter. No. Colts, Colts grand final. Oh yeah, Colts. The, Colts. The great twenty eleven. Doesn't even matter. Leads me to my next question, and it's a quite <laughs> common common question on this podcast. You got any? Because uh, the Greens know how to have a mad Monday, silly Sunday. Yes. You got any good stories of the, uh, your favourite stories? Who do you favorite, want? Favorite, favorite. Who do you want? <laughs> I'll go Evan Renfrew, I'll go Black Car, I'll fucking load. Keep me out, keep me out of this. Yeah. I'm fucking just a favourite memory of, you know, something might have happened or something someone else did, you know. Deep, like, don't incriminate yourself. Yes. <laughs> One of mine's just watching Tim Wolf struggle. Oh. Oh. <laughs> when, he, when he cried after singing that Monday song. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had a YMCA theme one year. Oh, yeah. Blocker, oh, sorry, Mick Gill absolutely stole the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was yeah. tremendous to watch. That was always the best thing about going to those silly Sundays and Mad Mondays is one, watching the under-18s out-drink themselves in, like, the fucking first two hours. Yeah. And Wolfie. Or, like, yeah. <laughs> and Tim Wolf. <laughs> and Tim Wolf. Or watching the old boys fucking do their thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're still my, fucking doing it. My number one was when we, we had to go to the build on the Monday 
and we'd organise a stripper, and she'd come out the back. Oh and, yeah, uh, because everyone in the everyone in the you know, in the residential area could see into the back of this place. We all decided we got to keep it down. So Gilly decides that um, you know whenever she does something good, and we want to celebrate. You just got to tap yourself on the right shoulder. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the whole time, like the boys, like she do something crazy, mainly on Billy Dunn, I think. And, uh, <laughs> and the whole entire team, we're all sitting there going. <laughs> just, so just animated uh, but tapping ourselves on the back Just to lay a bit of a uh, Give you a little visual of this thing The chick was there only to be a topless waitress Typically the hat goes around The boys are like If we give you this much Are you going to put on a show? Yes, yeah, sweet Oh there's nowhere for me to do it So we go out to the back beer garden Which is a concrete fucking beer garden Go in the dumpster Get all of the fucking Cardboard all the, <laughs> All the cardboard boxes out of the um, fucking dumpster like we're, about, like we're about to start breakdancing in 1996, baby. Well, that was my moment. I mean, 2011 felt good, but there was a moment where she was about to drop to her knees and I saw it was concrete. And so I've gone, fuck, this girl's going to smash her knees up. So I've just frisbeed this cardboard from, it was probably 30 centimetres away, but I'm thinking 17 metres away. And it slides and bonk straight under both kneecaps. And the boy's like, <laughs> and then, you know what also was good about that? Remember how – so the, the back of the beer garden, it's an open top. Like, it's obviously fenced off, but it's across the road from a uh, set of units and there were these two old fellas on the balcony. They were the same – themselves on the back. Just pay up, boys. This isn't for free. Free show to put up with – Ah, fuck. Free show to put up with a fucking noise coming out of that joint. No worries, boys. That was the zoo. It was back when it was the zoo. The zoo. Uh, that's but that's no, all I'm giving. I'm going back next year right. just for the, just for the no, mate. There's plenty of blokes who do. Plenty of blokes <laughs> yeah, who just yeah, pay their rent. <laughs> Ring me on grand final week. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's Corn that did that. I'm doing that at Barrow Bears this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I paid seven minutes and I'm in, so we're good. Are they still in it? Yeah, mate. We uh, we play Glendale tomorrow, and we'll um, we'll beat those guys, and then we'll probably play. Um, I think some Lakes team in the grand final, but Dora Creek obviously bowed out, I think, or West, West Walls End for punching on. Yeah, um, been, um, the big the boys are looking the goods, mate, so. Park footy. Yeah. Looking kicked out for That's punching right. on. <laughs> <laughs> now, Since boys. fucking when? Oh, there's nothing like it, eh? Um, Since when? Wow. You notice that, eh, when it goes from, like, park footy, you have that next step up, you know, you start watching New South Wales Cup and it becomes more of a job, a bit more professional. Then you go back to watching park footy. Like, fucking hit yeah. the dog. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> scared the cunt, will ya? I wonder how many players could never actually take that next step because they just couldn't handle just getting punched in the face. Do you know what I mean? Taking the, the backwards step? Well, like yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was taking that one yeah, on the weekend. <laughs> too scared to fucking get in there and mix it up and throw punches and then just never get to break through that glass ceiling of not having a fight. Well, the, the actual... Like, believe it or not, the actual aim of the game is to score tries. Throwing punches doesn't get you the fucking contract, man. That gets you the fucking Joel Romulos and fucking whoever else is there. Are. We're just going to tear that cut up. Yeah, you've always got that one hard man in the team, too, that you just, you're just like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to borrow you. Oh, fuck. Play on the wing, because there's never a hard man on the wing. <laughs> So we had Cal in here yesterday. He's like, he always tried to fight, fight people because he knew they wouldn't fight him back. And a couple of times they just punched him. He's like, oh, fuck me, I'm going to fight now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, mm. dude. So um, after playing with the Greens, you, you had a little stint overseas, huh? Yeah, well, um, it was funny because we were like, there was like a gym in Newcastle that I was helping build and helping be a part of. And then they um, couldn't quite get the DA approval and blah, blah. And I quit my job at Fitness First. I was working at 
And uh, it was just after 2011. And, um, and we were kind of like, fuck, you know, I've got six months with no job. And Strawny had just ducked over with Lammy over to LA. And um, I was like, fuck, maybe I should just go play footy over there. And um, I ended up going living in a garage with Strawny for six months and playing for Los Angeles. And that was terrible. It was basically a level above um, stealing cars, playing rugby over there. But it was (laughs) (laughs) me and Strawny. So every cut was quick, though. Yeah, well, the whistle Wiping. blew, everyone ran, that was for sure. But, uh, yeah, it was good. Bit of footwork and fast feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby. So the footy was easy. Did you put on heaps of weight because you were just like, nah, Mate, well, score six a week? I'll be honest with you. Well, like, we, just, we just went there to party and you know, game day would come around and we'd roll out of bed. We'd, we'd be so fucking hungover or we'd still be going. and We'd just play half the game and get out of there. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, we, LA sucked. We, what, was, uh, what was the LA lifestyle like? Did you get around oh, there? Oh, yeah, I loved it. So... Um, so when you say LA suck, you mean just the team? The team. Yeah. Yeah. Now we live in a really cool spot. Like everyone goes north to Hollywood, which is like a concrete jungle. We went south to this place called Hermosa Beach, which is like just fucking so nice. Like beaches. It's kind of like kind of like manly, you know what I mean? But yeah. it was just more just party. And I, we worked for the nightclub there, and um, we actually like we got paid as dancers. It was um, actually oh really because we're illegally getting paid. I mean, so we get paid ten bucks an hour, and me and Strawny, Strawny was picking up glasses. He hated. He lasted three weeks, and I just went for it. Well, hey, coffee, and I went uh, back for the nightclub, so it was good. Paulie's just passed me a phone and sent me a photo of coffee over there. Scroll to the right if you want, mate. Still the, <laughs> you look good in yellow, but still the standard tongue out. Yeah. No, 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 there's no sidestep there. What's this to fucking skip? Whatever. Whatever. Oh, fuck. No, but so, yeah, you love the, you love the LA's party yeah, scene and that. mate, it was just I ended up getting really in tight with the, with the nightclub over there. And, and one night, it was actually funny, I was sitting in the bar with Lammy. And um, this guy's lost his shit and he starts headbutting Lammy and he's on the ground, he's losing his shit. And I've picked him up and I'm like, mate, let it go. And he's headbutted me and I've fallen down with him like, and he's got the better of me. But as he's fallen down, he's dislocated his leg right angle. <coughs> and I'm, I'm holding him and he's going, <laughs> and Lammy goes, bro, let him up. And I was like, why? He goes, I didn't even look. And I went back into the bar and I'm sipping on my beer again. And nah, stuff. fuck him. On the, <laughs> on the, the man. The staff had come in and just gone, coffee got to go. I was like, why? He's like, you, you fucked his leg. I was like, fuck. Like over there, you punch someone, you're going to prison. Mm. So I've ran off, but the words got around that I'm a mixed martial artist. Oh. <laughs> so, You're not going to deny it. No, no way. So I went from picking up glasses on the back door to get promoted straight to the front door. And, uh, see that, see so, that shit, baby? I right. did that and shit. I was, wearing, I was wearing a black belt everywhere I went. Fucking <laughs> 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 fucking gold WWE belt over the shoulder. <laughs> champ, champ, baby. Oh, yeah, I do UFC. <laughs> Oh, but same, bro. Where do you train? Uh, well, you're in business, can't you? Yeah, no, I'll like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so actually talking about that, going back to when you got back here, you both were at King Street, weren't you? We were, we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old, uh, the old King Street days. That was a, uh, that was about a decade long span, actually. You know, yeah. I used to love it Shit. because. Fucking over my left shoulder. I fucking just like, oh, what's up, brother? That's yeah. coffee, by the way. Come here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come here, brother. Come here. Straight in, guys. Yeah. That's the oh, boss. Yeah. He was the boss right there. He's talking to, he's talking to the boss. <laughs> part of the actual job is to be able to help the boys out. Yeah, so, fucking. Yeah, that's the only part I was good at. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. Oh, so, yeah, short little, not a short, sorry, mid, mid-length shrink. Uh, sorry. Spit it out, bitch. Words, brother. That was a long time, bro. <laughs> long, twelve stint. years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did a decade there. Both, <sighs> both got a couple of tattoos to uh, to show for it. Oh, a couple yeah, of, we yeah. got the, we got the entry of stamp on our head. Entry stamp. Oh, shit. Honest, 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 get it out. Get it out, boy. 
Is that entry for life? Entry for life. Entry for life. So I can just go get one and I get in for that. <laughs> <laughs> Russell didn't even buy me a fucking mid-strength beer after getting that. True. But uh, now we, we got that on the staff party. And um, yeah, it was actually a really good time because it was just best mates working with each other again. Yeah. Fully kept my job secure because I sucked at the job. Mm-hmm. But I was just really good at making sure that people felt comfortable with getting drunk. Look, mm. I could pack the place out. Boys, yeah. I'm on the door. <laughs> I only went to security because I was giving away too many free drinks to the Greens boys. I told Mo and he said, yeah, nah, security wants you anyway. I was like, yeah, good. Any chance you're going to be in the rock bar tonight, brother? <laughs> Similar story has my mate. He's a Greenskeeper up in um, Sawtell and he picked up extra shifts as a barman in the clubhouse there. First shift, Friday night, we, we all, let's go help him out. We'll go up there, we'll buy heaps of fucking beers, you know, the bar will do, you know, ten times the amount they normally do any other Friday night. Fuck, he's going to get heaps of good raps. You get, get, like, four or five shifts a week. We're up there fucking banging lines, smoking joints and shit. He's like, I got sacked, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, boys. I got fucking sacked. Oh, We're just go. trying to help you out, yeah, cunts. Just, <laughs> just break. And the quiet little Friday night, all the old boys up there having a, having a few beers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but King Street must have some wild stories there, security oh, guard. Fucking hell, I've, yeah, yeah. I've had a couple Jeez. of wild ones there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, yeah. It was, there was no boring nights, i tell you that. What much. didn't you see there? Any sober people? <laughs> <laughs> sober. sober, yeah. Mm. Um, that, Ray, it was a, over, over the, like, the eight years sort of thing, I just kind of fell into the job. Like yeah. I, was, bit, I was a glassy to start off with, bartender second. Did a little bit of work with the, with the pokies, um, just some, some gambling stuff. Um, and then just out of luck, a few of the boys kind of went their separate ways um, and I just got called up into a role that I probably wasn't ready for. Uh, but my, my, my mentor, Charles Hall, he, um, he kind of said, go on, mate, time to grow up. So about 21 years old. Stepped into a supervisor role there. Which is not when you're growing up. No, I'm still very much <laughs> a kid. I'm still very much a kid now. But, uh, yeah, so got thrown into that role, a little bit more responsibility. And then from there it just kind of snowballed into um, Russell and Mo obviously buying, buying the Argyle, uh, bought, bought the Cambridge, bought the Green Roof, um, mm. and bought their other venues sort of thing. So they started to build like a little bit of a, a monopoly. And, uh, and I was just there from the start by chance. So, um, so, yeah. So what position did you end up getting into, like operations manager type setup? Yep, so I did. So I did I – was, so I was supervisor at King Street. Then I did a little short stint uh, just as like a um, – went from the change from security after a while. It just gets a little bit – gets a little bit tough. Like you're always yeah. dealing with that negativity. You're always yeah. dealing with people that are just fucking – you get the – you get the like the bad end of the stick every time. Mm. So I just got to the end of that at about – probably about 26, 27. Uh, moved my way over to the Argyle. I, th- I think it was about then when, uh, when Russ bought it. I uh, did a little bit of managing over there um, and then just kind of just made, made my change from night work to, to day work. That's kind of when we bumped into each other again. Um, we're always doing a little bit of work here and there with each other, but then, um, but then yeah, just took, um, took the plunge, threw away the, threw away the night work and then um, dived into Pinpoint. Just before we get into um, <clears throat> a bit of the Pinpoint stuff, yes. you – so just back touching on the Greens topic again, <laughs> you went from – and the, for anyone, no, no, we're going with this. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. stuff. So, okay. you, you, question. You got to, you know, and for people who don't know, the Greens and the Wanderers. Palestine and Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. You, 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 yeah. When you when you went there, me and cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Me in ceramic bowls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so fucking when you went over there, what's one? What what drew you over there? And two, tell me like some of the shit because I know oh, you you got bro. some fucking and I'll, I'll be you got honest. some fucking shit, yeah, man. Like, yeah. Well, I remember you driving past the Wanderers van, flipping me off, and I was like, "Cause it's me." <laughs> Nah, you was. I was driving around about. I was fucking number two. I didn't know you were driving the Mac as you were going there. <laughs> fucking darting mouth. I knew exactly what was going on. But no, it's actually, I've actually never really told the story ever um, publicly. Let's go. Clear the air. Yeah, no. so I, I You came, heard it here first. Off yeah, the record, yeah, baby. Let's go. But I came back from um, America and I'd had a real bad breakup with this chick. And I was like, fuck it. I was going to stay there. I was literally going to start living in the States. The nightclub was going to sponsor me to get my visa. I was going to be entrenched amongst it. If I didn't get that, I was going to start selling tacos and growing mustaches. So I was just, I was staying no matter what. Exactly right. So I ended up coming home because I was just in a bad way, like emotionally, mentally. And, um, I trained the 2011 boys the year that we won that, that grand final. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and the year before with Munza, and I'd done a heap of work with them. I was really passionate about training athletes. And um, I ended up kind of cruising back. And, um, and when I got back, I met with the coach at the time who um, you know, told me that, that the spot was filled for a trainer. And uh, they had one of the English boys doing it for, for free or for like to drive a car around or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, sweet, no worries. Like, I'll, I guess I'll figure out something else to do with my life. But I had to do something mentally. And then I get this phone call. I'm cruising the streets going, what the fuck? I was walking, like, laps around Newcastle. And I get this phone call. And I was like, hey, mate, it's blah, blah, blah from Nelson's Bay. Rah, rah, rah. Thinking, I'm thinking, fuck, Nelson's Bay rugby, that'll be good. Doesn't, doesn't step on anyone's toes. I'll do the preseason, all good. And I show up to Two Hall Street, which is where we are now, across from Aldi. And I've pulled up and I've seen this Wanderer sticker on this car. I've gone, fuck that. Like this same car I vomited in months before because my next door neighbour, Julian Morton, shout out. I've, I'm sorry, I haven't told you this before, Jules. I've spewed in the back of his tray because I'm like, fuck these spewing cans. Like, yeah. All over the back, all over the front window. Like, fuck you, dog. And then I've seen his car on the stick and I've gone, nah. Turned around, walked off and he's whistled. And he showed me this little shack that was just, you know, had a couple of dumbbells, a couple of this, a couple of that. He's like, look. Um, we want you to run the academy. You've got a free gym. And I was like, look, how's that letting me train there for free? The Greens boys are coming in, paying me 10 bucks, whatever, five to the facility, five to me. I'm all good with it. But then they mentioned about they were doing like a juniors academy and it was like 60 to 80 kids from 14 to 18. And I was really passionate about that just because of where I, my head was. And um, so I took it on. Anyway, you know, months, months down the track, I messaged all the boys like Eddie Mack and Gilly and they'll tell you this. And I was like, boys, just letting you know, I'm just training them. I'm not going to go there. I'm not playing for him. Anyway, we get closer and closer and I'm like, fuck, I know all these boys' plays. I know I'm inside out. Out of respect, I should probably go play for Souths again. So I was driving to Souths training and by this time Mark Wade's just come over. And I'm like, bro, don't come over. Like, it's going to get mayhem. I've got this sorted. And I'm going to Souths training. I get the message from the coach at the time and he says, if you fucking seriously think you're going to go and play for them when you've got all your mates here, you can kiss the gym goodbye. And by this time, I'm like, are you fucking serious? Totally emotionally invested. Yeah, like, I'm like, this is, my, this is my only source of income. This is like now what I'm running. It's my livelihood, yeah. Like I'm finally making some money. I'm still living at home mum and dad. And I messaged Wadey and said, Wadey, do you answer yes or no when you're running out at Townsend Oval and they are telling you things that you don't want to know about yourself that you're starting to believe, do you want me running out? Yes or no? And he goes, yes. And I said, boom, fuck, right. So I turned the car around, went back, did the preseason, like – First game I ran out. Wadey's got a funeral to go to. I, I remember I, this game. Bro, I ran out of my socks down. <laughs> I ran out of my – I've got my greens undies on, like my Speedos on. They can see through the white logos of the pants. 
And I'm, I'm crying up, going, what the fuck am I doing, cunt? And I run out, and then the next week was against Waratah. The next week, someone else, some lady's like, oh, I've got a wedding. Oh. Fuck, the next week, oh, I've got a baby shower. And the fourth week comes around and goes, oh, I'm not going to play. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Greens at home. Oh, and I ran out. Greens at home, bro. If you gave me a swimming pool full of sharks, I'd rather swim with that shit. And I'll tell you to this day, my first touch, this little chip over, and I knock it on cold. And fucking Mick Gill, hey, you fucking yeah. dog, you, you fucking suck. And they've run out. And Kelso, my roommates, kicked the ball off to me. They've come, I'm on the wing. They're not supposed to kick it to me. They've come in flying elbows, smacking me. In, and, the, greens, um, in the greens corner too. So yeah. not the Townsend corner, but the, the rowdy corner yeah. with the, uh, the greens logo. It's got the, uh, the, northeast the McDonald's, yeah, the McDonald's, the McDonald's yeah. Uh, boys. Got all the lads. And this Ooh. was back when coffee, uh, not coffee, uh, Kevy was back playing with us, eh, on the greens. Yeah, and then fucking, I think Kevy had come back to us by then. But then Rory Ryan gets this chant going, coffee takes it up. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not even fucking kidding you, bro. All 4,000 people that were there was chanting that. And my mum's gone. Oh. Mum, at the end of the game, mum goes, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> quick, quick, <laughs> quick shout out, Rory Ryan. <laughs> well, well played, brother. Well fucking played. <laughs> and then, yeah, I basically I made a promise to Strawny I'd come back. Because even Strawny was like, what the fuck? And then um, finally I got enough money together to buy the facility for myself and take over it. And then, uh, yeah, I told all the Wanderers old boys, said, look, out of respect, I, yeah, this was a job for me and this is something I wanted to build for my business. And so I'm going to go back home. And then um, went back to Strawny. And they were really good about the Wanderers. And like, they helped me business-wise. And I came back and it was cool because the Greens were like, yeah, go on, enjoy fifth grade. Like, they made it hard for me to come back, which mm. I really appreciated. And, um, and you yeah, know... Two years later, Strawny fucking retires and then the Wanderers have once again talked about our next phase at Pinpoint's going to be pretty big mm-hmm. and all the guys at Wanderers really supported me. So I was like, look, I'm getting to the end of my career. I want to focus on building rugby for Newcastle. I mean, I'm doing the Greens Academy this year. I'll be doing the Wanderers Academy. I'll be doing the Wildfires Academy. It's just about rugby now. So I went back to where all my uh, mates are now and Strawny's obviously retired, so it was kind of a... It's uh, still a tough decision, but now it's about my son and where I put him for, for the future. And, um, and I'll be honest with you, like, hearts at Greens, businesses at Wanderers, and it was fucking scary, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd never know, do it again. You kind of just have to get two jerseys, place them out, and just get Freddie to just, like... He's got to pick one because blindly, you can't put them together. Just blindly touch yeah, one. Whichever one he picks, bro, I'm going with. Even yeah. if we use two Greens jerseys. But I got... <laughs> I see why you got him, he's smart. Yeah. <laughs> he's well, smart. I, I, I copped it. Like, I remember they put it up on social media, grinding my name off the top 15 on the plaque. Dingo burn, Field Day. Yeah, oh. burning my photos. Like, I copped yeah. it, bro. But, but you copped it, it like, but you knew that was going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, and you exactly. would have weighed you, all that shit up on exactly. making the decision. Exactly. And because I was emotionally beaten up with this breakup, I was like, well, you can't. Can't really hurt me. Can't emotionally beat me. Can't beat me. Yeah. I'm already fucked. Yeah. Best decision of my life. Yeah. Hardest decision of my life. Yeah. But it's the scariest thing I've ever done. But you yeah. were also getting to it, like getting shit to the point where like we'd see each other down the pub, fuck catch out, whatever. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's just footy, can't whoever. Like, well, you had my back, we'd, huh? We'd say, would Steve, like, fuck, I don't care what these can't say. I'll have a beer with you, bro. You've always been good to me. Fuck, I don't care what anyone else says. It got to the point where fucking Leslie went through. Bloody Burwood and just said, the boys, take it down. You got 24 hours. I'm going to burn the fucking joint down. Like, there was, there was <laughs> web, web boys going around bashing cunts to try and sort it out. Like, it got heavy. I was like, fucking, mm. why are they like, what the fucking, he's not that good. 
Wonders, not because I needed one, but because I was trying to block the noise yeah. out just a little bit more. A <laughs> little, little safety net there. Uh, Mick Gill fucking eye gas me, spat on me on knees, my coach. <laughs> like, I, I was like, to the point, like at the pub, like even like outside of footy season, people look, like, what are you talking about? Faggot for him. I'm like, bro, nothing wrong with the cunt. You're sweet. What do you mean? I remember I went to the Burwood once in, in yeah, five years. Because I just, mm. re- I, I, I officially was banned from the 2291 postcode the whole entire time, and I knew that. And I wore it. And I, the worst thing was missing out on Cliff Comp. And then... That's right, baby. I'm the mayor there now. Get it. Come through, get a pass. I got you. <laughs> and then getting banned from the, from Merriweather. But you know, it, it was pretty cool to come back and run out in... You know, I was pretty stoked to run out in Mick Gill's jersey at the end there. And I got a chance to captain the side due to multiple injuries. But I was stoked to run out. Yeah. And, and it was really good to go back and, and get that done and make that promise. And it was the best thing I ever did. So, so have you had any bad breakups, Paulie? <laughs> Uh, nope. <laughs> I'm good. So everyone in the room knows what the Greens culture's like. What's the Wanderers' culture's like? Right, to be honest with you, when I got there, obviously I was like, you can't don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like, and they were all ring-ins and they were all from everywhere and it was guns for hire and I was like, fuck. But then as time went on, like, I became best mates with, like, Mencho, Hammy. Like, I ended up... The culture on the between the Wanderers and the Greens, to be honest, be when it comes to Mad Mondays and stuff... It's fucking very similar. Yeah. It's two different styles of people. Everybody thinks it's going to be so different. It's the country play rugby getting on the piss. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, you're on our side of my You don't get it, man. But now, now, like, to be honest, the last two Mad Mondays that went on for Greens fucking sucked. Like, with the, with the places we had to go to and going to the Prince and getting fucking uh, half-strength beers. Like, sorry, that was yeah. shit. Nothing like those old days. Yeah, no. Nah. Camp X-Ray. Yeah. Nah. You know no, nothing. Or the old Gibbs brothers. Stars, <laughs> the Wanderers had all yeah. the Herbs brothers with their fucking warehouses. Yeah, yeah. Well, we so. weren't that rich, all right? <laughs> yeah, well, you could have been if you just changed clubs yeah. and went through hell. <laughs> This is the thing, like, we used to have Silly Sunday at Townsend with, at the old green room, and now we've got this mm. brand new, beautiful fucking Don't facility. We're not allowed to fucking go near yeah, the car. It's torture. Yeah, it's torch. Just let us get on the piss on the field. No, no, new licensing laws. We can't go there. You have to just what? not have it. Let us live. Fuck oh, it. Oh, let the boys play. <laughs> Six again, baby. Play on. It's rugby. I don't care. Play on. <laughs> So you mentioned before that you um, you saved up enough money to, to buy the... Yeah, buy so the well, it was always like... Um, it was actually crazy, man, because there was the, the head coach who was pushing the whole thing and then there was this guy who was quite financially equipped who was basically behind it all and then they had an argument and the head coach ended up fucking off and trying to take me with him and I just promised like our, our coach, Coach Viv Passy, that I was going to play this season because you guys saw towards the end I was only playing half the year and being the hero... <laughs> and uh, we're trying to be in my head. And I basically said, I'm going to go back. So I couldn't leave with him because he had the Wanderers now. Yeah. And then two weeks later, the owner of all the equipment in the gym went fucking bankrupt. Oh. So I'm like, uh, and he's like, do you want to buy all this off me for uh, you know, X amount? And I was like, which is. But before we went bankrupt, he's like, I'm going to go offset. Well, he's just here. So I was like, sweet. So I ended up buying this all. I was, I've got a gold medal, Olympic gold medal in the office. And the boys call me Stephen Bradbury because every motherfucker around me that was somebody just fell the fuck down. And, and I skated through the middle. Last man standing. And, and took it. And then, yeah, then I finally, the last stage of after owning all of that was that, um, you know, take over full rent. And then as soon as I took over full rent and there was no more assistance from the club anymore, I said, right, eh? Well, I just want to respectfully say, can I, 
go back and, and go back on this promise, you know what I mean? So it was tough too because I got real tight with the old boys there. and they It was tough for me too. Loads. <laughs> <laughs> Being his best mate. Some of the Greens boys started to hate me too. <laughs> oh, look, he comes that poorly fuck with uh, his coffees, mate. <laughs> Come on, boys. No, but like you say like people call you Stephen Bradbury and stuff, but like for an example, I know it's nothing the same. Like when me and Darby and we go – Camping and we have these fucking week of weekends away, go fishing and stuff and camping. You guys, oh fuck, we're really lucky we're able to do this. I'm like, we're not. Like, camping's fucking dirt cheap. We're just the ones who choose to do it. Like, that's it. And the same way with you, like, you had all this gear. There would have been people around you who could have afforded to buy all that stuff, but just went, oh, 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 and mm. just shit the gear. Where yeah. you, as in, you just dove in head first. And so. to be honest, the amount of, like, I was working like 80 hour weeks at the time there for the Wanderers. Like, I was putting so much time. And I didn't leave that place, and I, I I put a lot of my own money into buying some of that stuff, and um, yeah, it was just my sole purpose. I've been a coach for fifteen years; it's all I've ever been good at. It's all I've been real passionate about, and yeah, so I guess it was a bit lucky. But at the same time, I built such a really strong relationship with the guy who went bankrupt, and um, so he was I was his first choice. You know I mean, he could have sold it to someone else for heaps more. Yeah, and um, but he gave he sold it to me, so it was cool. So up until that point, was it predominantly a rugby gym and then you switched it over into more well, of a public yeah. gym? Well, that was pretty cool, man. What they did was they got like six guys who were from the Wanderers who um, ran their own businesses to hire out the office because mm-hmm. it's a pretty like, good location. Yeah, great. So those six guys would pay X amount each week and that would cover the rent of the building, which then would allow the people in the building, the, the boys, to come in and train for free. Mm. But then they were like, look, we've got to turn this into a kind of self-sustainable thing. Yeah. Can you do it for us, green. Bill? And, um, and so I, my job was to bring people in, start charging membership over time and then start to kind of do that. And, bro, it was funny because when, when I finally took over rent and the Wallabies came through, which was fucking like – apart from that, if the All Blacks come through, I'm retiring. But the, yeah. you know, the, when yeah. the Wallabies came through, I was so stoked. And then eight days later, the council contacted me and said, you got no DA, you got to shut down. Oh, yes. I was like, well, hey, well, hang on, yeah. you motherfuckers just sold me this shit and it's fucking got no DA. The Wallabies aren't that bad, are they? Got him. Fuck. It's like, yeah, it's yep. fucking the All Blacks calling up. So, but yeah, so that was like, it was Because it was a private gym. Well, no. Didn't have a DA. Well, it just, it wasn't even registered to fucking lift weights in the country. Like, they, just, they, just, <laughs> they just told me that it was and said, pay the rent. Well, and, and no public liability and shit like bro, that. Bro, there was nothing. It was, I, think I think it was, it was registered for like a couple of It was actually. Maybe? Registered for yeah. office space. Yeah. <laughs> a car spot? I think, well, I think originally it was maybe a um, kind of like we've got a mechanics next to us. Oh, like a parking garage. It's a similar, it's a similar layout. Yeah, um, if you strip away all the equipment, strip yeah. away the turf outside, strip away everything, it kind of like it's, it resembles that. So, yeah, that was, fuck, that Mate, was that a was, couple of nervous That was nervous scary, days. but luckily all the Wanderers boys are entrenched in the council. And no. so they just went to work. Yeah, no. And um, it, was a, it took me six months to sort it out, but... And when I finally saw it out, I was like, fuck, okay, mm. sweet, which we got. And you were allowed to trade in that six months? Well, it was, but, like, every second of the day, I'm like, tomorrow this could be shut yeah. down. So yeah, what am I awesome. working towards? Mm. And they're all going to leave and were, I'm not going to be able to find a facility in mm. tomorrow. Like, I didn't have the bankroll behind me at the time. And, um, yeah, so mm. it was, fuck, there was some hiccups, bro. And then with all the noise from the, from the greens and mm. all that stuff, like, that, it was, it was a battle, but the people I had around me, like... Mm. Like I had fucking Weber basically going around bashing everyone that said anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Weber, Weber went and sat Flex. in the fucking green, the green room stands when they were bagging me out and the fucking Dean Burstall went, Shh. <laughs> <laughs> No shit. He would have done that if I sat next to him. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry about it. But uh, back to 
the Wallabies coming through, that would have been a side note when the All Blacks do come through because they're going to be in there. Oh, hit them up. I'll send the hey, hey, you know who to fucking ring. Oh, <laughs> oh, just for come sit-in session. I'll be oh, We've already the contacted day. them, bro. We sent through the yeah? message. So it's um, we Because we had the Blues come through, so we, we contacted them. But to be honest with you, I think they'll stay in Sydney and do the bubble thing and then drive and come back. But but what was that uh, Wallabies experience like for you? Oh, fuck. Was that your, like, unbelievable. Was that your little sit-back-and-look-at-yourself moment? Like, I'm, that fucking, was, I'm doing this. That was the I made it moment. Yeah. Even though, you know, like... It was just a little checkpoint in my head, like that. All the mayhem I went through, and it was, it was actually equal to when I had the Greens' first grade team come through and do a session in the last like year of being there. When Mick Gill went, okay, sweet, I get it. Like, because for me, the whole time I didn't want people to think that it was a decision just for me, or or a decision that was a lie. It was the decision to build something. And then when they, when the Wallabies came through, I was like, I feel like maybe I just built something that might be worth hanging around. So all that drama was worth it. And then, fuck, man, they came through for two weeks and me and Paulie are sitting there and we're like, It was unreal, mom. unreal. There goes Michael Hooper. Yeah. Fucking I was like, holy shit. And they're coming in asking us and they're letting us take them through some sessions and then they're doing testimonials and we're like, holy shit. Like they, they want our service. They carry themselves, the they carry themselves differently. Professional. Very professional, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask for autographs and then pretend I'm writing can down get, notes. Can I get a photo? Like, 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 you know, so, I mean, what, how's the technique? I'm like, well, yeah, the technique. Um, <laughs> so, just uh, squat there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so was you were learning a lot in that week. Just, oh, it's fucking buzzy. Just before we dive a little bit too much, like, too into the down pinpoint the stuff, hole. how did you, did you, Paulie, were you always a personal trainer? Did you have any, like, qualifications in that before? He started with the gym or? Yeah, so we first, well, originally we first started when we were 18, 19 years old. So Billy, Billy originally, he wanted a scholarship to go down to the Australian Institute of Fitness. Um, and that was, um, that was a scholarship he got, uh, sorry, yeah, he got, um, went down there, got his qualifications, got a master trainer, came back to work at Fitness First just at Katara there. Okay. Um, and a part of, I think a year later maybe, they, um, they revamped that program and said, all right, let's select someone to go back down and do their set three, set four, um, and get their master trainer. So I got through my name in the ring, fortunately got it. And you were managing the pubs at this time? So stage? I, was only, I think I was only about 19 at this stage. So oh, about 2009, 2009 yeah. maybe? It was, I think it was first year out of school, second year out oh, of yeah. school. So I was just being a glassy, just doing some bartending work. So then I'd bartend on the weekend or, or glassy on the weekend. And then um, Monday morning, wake up, drive down to Sydney, down to St. Leonard's, um, do my Monday to Friday um, down there. Get, get the qualifications. It took about eight weeks. It was like an accelerated course, eight, yeah. or, eight or ten weeks. Uh, then came back with a Cert 3, Cert 4 and a master trainer and then ripped him with Billy at Fitness First. So I think we worked there for about – he worked there for a couple of years. I worked there for about a year. Realised that, like, what are, we, what are we paying this – like, what are we paying these guys 340 bucks a week for rent when we could be doing our own thing? So Koff went off and, and did his rugby, rugby venture um, over in America, came back, got the opportunity – and then while he was doing that, I was doing the club pub thing, kind of like like building relationships there. And then um, and then yeah, when it, it got to the point where we just kind of said, let's have a crack. Yeah, invited me to come on, and then and then yeah, the rest yeah. is history. So I ask you about like so when you took over, it was what was it called the performance factory <laughs> or something? <laughs> Don't, Don't yeah, the, the high performance factory. Well, it's called the performance factory. Um, yeah, that's that's yes. where I was when I took over. So what what? what What's the pinpoint? How did you come to that name? Well, mate, to be honest with you, like we were sitting at um, Snow's Patisserie just near the junction there and I was with another guy who I was working with at the time who they wanted to kind of be a partner with 
and um, and we're like, you know, to become an athlete, to become like a professional athlete, you got to pinpoint the exact things that you need, like on a micro scale, mm. to develop. Because like the best players in the NRL, there's they're all above ninety yeah. percent athleticism. So you got to get them the ninety five if you want to be the fucking next level. So yeah, we yeah, had yeah. to pinpoint what was those one percent to get there. And we're like, fuck, we'll call it pinpoint. Mm. And then, yeah, we kind of just went from there and just, yeah, I think we registered the actual name itself only in 20, late 2016. Yeah. Um, but it's, I've been running the operations there since 2013. And do you have like a simple statement or something that's sort of like your training ethos? Or you well, just bro, uh, the letters in Pinpoint Athlete, there's 15 letters, right? And we yeah. follow every single letter represents a value and they're all okay. based on the All Blacks. Oh, okay. So like P's pass the ball. So it's like when you learn knowledge, you've got to pass it on. Yeah. And so every single letter represents a value. But for us, the whole concept is, f- for me when I started, for blokes, where do blokes get a chance to talk about their feelings and emotions without the influence of drugs and alcohol? Yeah, and, I like and, that. And that's where Pinpoint was because you'll get so exhausted that you'll get a chance to open up. Yeah. And then that's – so it's like – it's actually a mindset. It's almost like a rehab centre. Vulnerability. It's, it's disguised with strength and conditioning. Yeah. And we don't give a fuck about the lifts. The lifts are great, but if unless you're testing yourself on an emotional level, yeah. we don't care. Yeah. And um, so for us, that almost ninety percent of the guys there are just trying to ju- to shadow box their head noise with yeah. training. Yeah, break them down physically so that they can show what they are emotionally. Take the mask off. You yeah. can't hold a mask on when you are fucking cooked. And we've all done a preseason yeah. before. I yeah. mean, like yours is usually at the pub, but like fuck we've, done, <laughs> we've done a preseason. You know, when you are cooked, you can't hide your face, yeah. and that's what we do. You turn up first session, right, boys? Got ten four hundreds. Get fucked. Preseason done. I showed up, sweetheart. See the pub. Were you boys? <laughs> Excel on, you know, dedication, hard work. I'm more of a natural talent kind of guy. Always <laughs> <laughs> not dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not me, bro. Mm. So when you, just, you know, became Pinpoint and a lot of people, say, like there's a, a common thing out there, you know, you, you shouldn't go into business with your mates or work for your mates. Like how has that been for you guys, like through the process of growing Pinpoint? Like have you used butted heads, any arguments or fucking... Just like a marriage. <laughs> you shit house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no sex. <laughs> <laughs> you just like, oh look, fuck. Sometimes we like you butt heads over like little things here and there, but at the same time, if someone told me, oh fuck, don't go, don't go to business with your best mate or anything like that, I said, man, I said, fucking choose a new best mate. Yeah, like yeah. because we've yeah we've had we've had issues down the track, but at the same time, like we've always we've always come round and we've always made it work. Settled on mutual ground on some things, and then, and then yeah, just try and push forward to make you better. I've, I've fired him six yeah. times. I bet yeah, I've been fired multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> what just for arguing? Just fucking. Oh, there was heaps of things. Chest like beating up. Well, you well, fire me if you got you got to remember, like you know, to be a coach, you got to be someone that shows up. You're kind of charismatic. Sometimes you might be the life of the party, and sometimes you're the last one standing. And when you're the last one standing and it's Monday 7am and you've just missed your 5 and 6am, oh, chances shit. are your boss is going to be pretty pissed off. <laughs> and it's when you're coaching 24 girls, you ain't winning that battle. Yeah. Yeah. So but we, were just going, we were just young. We were going through a phase where we were trying to build a business. I didn't know how to fucking be a good mentor. Mm. And Pooley was just excited about partying. And so, yeah, he got fired a fair bit. And then the last time I fired him, I said, look, bro, you know what? People say I shouldn't bring you back, but... I'm going to go down with the ship. If you want to go down with me, you know, we're best mates. We'll do it together. And then since then, he's now picking me up and it's been fun. <laughs> now you're on the Arvo no, ship. No, 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 <laughs> no I'm on the back burner, <laughs> so he's, he's – it's, it's crazy because it's not supposed to be with your best friend. 
But for us, it's just he, it knows, he knows me better than, I, than any other person mm. on the planet and knows I can shoot from the hip and I know that he doesn't communicate sometimes, so I've got to shut up and listen. Yeah. yeah. Paulie, yeah. I've seen you just through the gram and that when you're training the girls. Yep. What's, what's that like? Because everyone thinks, like, every bloke, you know, is like, oh, fucking chicks in gym gear, this is going to be sick, like, fucking. But, like, what's it like dealing with a full pack of girls? Because at least the boys kind of think you can – Fucking this, that, kind of, you, you know, you, you have to talk no, to them different. No Do you talk to them like that? <laughs> yeah. Come on, bitches, let's yeah. go. Like, that sort of shit. <laughs> just had a dad chat yesterday. Yeah. yeah. They're, um, look, they're, look, I do love yous. Yeah, I'm I saying. do. This is coming from a place of love. Mm. But uh, no, they're, they're, they're good. They're um, always trying, like, whenever you say, like, you're, you're kind of like you're a friend first, coach second sort of thing. Like, you yeah, always yeah. try and break down that barrier so they don't feel threatened and, like, intimidated by these yeah. muscly guys in the gym. Mm. But um, it's like I've got um, – Got a girlfriend, got a girlfriend at home. Um, but it's literally like having um, like 50 other, 50 other girlfriends to come to you with like some problems. Um, like, because if you're, if you're being something infected in your, like, sorry, infected in your uh, personal life, it's going to like trans, transplant into the gym. So it's, it's tough, man. Like, a lot of people might sit on the outside, like a bunch of girls training in gym, in gym gear and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it, it definitely keeps me on my toes. For the most thing, do they all get along? So that's it's it's funny. We've, nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just thinking, you know, like in a professional yeah, no. situation mm. where they're all sitting down and working. It's taken and seven years to figure that yeah. one out. Yeah, yeah. but when they're out there busting their heart, they might have a bit more of a kinship with one so, another. So originally we started, at, when we first started, maybe five girls in the morning, five in the arvo sort of thing. Um, it was a... It was a struggle. We had some like we had some some rot in there. We had some um some like some, some not the dead weight, but like just I like that people. word, the rot. The rot. Right. Yeah, yeah, we we did, and we and we a bad apple. Moot rot. A bad apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, you ain't come for a session, guys. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm gonna bleep that there. <laughs> so we had um Mossy. we had years and years of just like trying to tailor like what the what the correct culture is because we've got a good culture with our with our males, but with the females you've kind of got to look at it a little bit differently. Mm. Um, and over the last maybe like a year, especially after COVID, the girls that I've got right now, it is like a rugby team. Like so the same camaraderie you get with the boys. These girls are moving in with each other. They are they're hanging out outside of the gym. They're making more personal relationships rather than um, rather than screen time on the phone. Um, and like really, really coming together. So like you'll see like in a lot of our in a lot of our videos You'll see girls picking each other up off the ground when they're struggling. So it's man, it's cool. It's cool to watch. It's Do you cool think that you did that, or it's just that time apart and you know absence makes the heart grow fonder? Sort of. I stuff. think it was kind I'll, of. Like I'm going to answer that. Don't be humble. He's, no. he's not going. He's going to answer it. One hundred percent. He he nailed that. Yeah. See, I tried, and all I ended up was I was too hard. Right, and I fucking sucked at it. Yeah. All I ended up was a whole bunch of butch chicks who just fucking just hated each other. That was my go. And then Pooley comes in. Sound like my girl. Up. Yeah, but it's like the coach controls it. If the session sucks or the crew sucks, it's the coach's, coach's fault. Yeah. If they're upset, it's the coach's fault. Everything's the fucking coach's fault. And I've spent seven years trying to figure out that I thought that there's no way girls can train a pack and honestly give a fuck about each other. Like, you see all this stuff on social media, high fives and, yeah, girl power and this and that, but it's so – oftentimes it's so fake, whereas we sit there and these girls are dead set, like, get the fuck up, we got this, we got – like, it's – That's how it's so good. But, yeah. it, but he, has to, he has to call them out, and, but then he has to be – he has to understand they're still more emotional yeah. than – 
the men. Yeah. And it's like, it's a fucking, I can't figure it out. He's nailed it. Oh, yeah. We get bumpy times of the month. What's that? We get bumpy times of the month, if you know what I mean. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. That's when usually I take the boys for a deload week yeah. outside. That's, that's, are they all they in all sync? Go hard. They're, they're all in sync. hanging out so much. They wouldn't be. So they, oh, they, they are in sync. They, they train with each every single day. And, like, sometimes, like, that that things happens. And, man, the, like, the, the way that the female body just adjusts and – and, and trains under those. It's like, an amazing thing, eh? It's an bro. Seriously, those Even, like without being without being fucking sexual or being trying to be derogatory. It is no, so I'm not. It, it is an amazing fucking thing. The female body, like what it goes through and what it I can't. He's trying to redeem yourself from saying <laughs> what, no. No, I'm, they, I'm, uh, I'm dead if, serious. If we were if we were yeah. in a female body, we would quit. They oh, are just yeah, bro. The, the the things that they go through, are like amazing sort of thing, but. When it comes to that time, um, when they're all when they're all kind of like cycled up together, because they do, because they're training with each other every yeah. day, mm. um, like the the energy is high. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough week, but at the same time, it just makes that next week even better. And like we and we all we all get closer, and we all we all build off that. Um, but so yeah, we you said you had five girls. And then you went, put it over yeah. the pool and he's built it up to how many girls? Yeah, see, I, start, I started with five girls and, yeah, I was doing a really good job there for about four years with five girls and then gave it to Poolie for, I don't know, 18 months and came back with 62 women. <laughs> yeah. So good. That's the one. But you know what I've got to applaud, look, both of you, because, like, the boys and the girls side of it. And I... You get a lot of, and I don't know if this is just coming from guns hating coffee or, <laughs> or what, but you're like, you hear people going like, oh, fuck no, fuck, I'm not going to fucking ping pong, fuck that joint. But, you know, I, I said the same um, to someone the other day, I said, it can't be that fucking bad because yeah. everyone that goes there fucking loves it. Yeah. And they're all like, jacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's what I mean, like, everyone that goes there fucking loves it. And it's like a, it's a community, it's a fucking... Mm. Everyone, it seems like everyone's friends. I don't know. I don't go. Well, we've got a, we've got a, like recently coming up, not to fucking promote or anything, but we've recently got it. We've got no, a movie coming. Give out. it a plug, guys. Ah, give we, it a fucking plug. We've got, a, we've got a video coming out where we've uh, we really want to talk about our um, our uh, reality versus perception. So what we're what, what what people think we are, and then once you open those front doors, once you come in, what we actually are. So um, so yeah, but it's one of those things where you've just got to seriously open those doors and walk through there at whatever time you choose and. And check it out for yourself. Right now, boys, this podcast is brought to you by Swap Bins for the best price on both two and three cubic metre skip bins in the Newcastle and Lake Macquarie area. Contact Pat via their social media or websites. Podcast also proudly brought to you by SLD. Still Lewis Designs for the best custom surfboard in the fucking world. You want a brand new board, that's who the fuck you go to see. Mm. They make the best boards ever, and I can personally vouch for that because I've got a couple myself. Yeah, locally made, locally sourced from local boys. We've got Steel up in there making them, Matt Hoy up in there making them over at Caro. So, yeah, Sam Egan up in there making them. Yeah, support local, support local boys, and we, that's what we do here um, off the record podcast, and we love it, don't we, Mossa? You can find them on SLD Surfboards or Dustin Glass on Instagram. Um, righto, so next question. Um, you boys doing anything, like your policies and procedures or training methods that sort of set you apart from other gyms? Oh, man, look, it's... It, are, you, like, what I'm getting at, are you trying to avoid competitors by just doing nah, your own look, to thing? be honest with you, I don't believe in competitors. No? Like, I don't sit there and watch what other people do. I don't, I don't get upset when other people get upset at us. Like, we, we do our own thing. Mm. Um, there's so many people in this city and in this country that need to be trained and there's not enough facilities that can do it, even though it looks like there's fucking thousands. But for us, we just focus on... Well, I believe that 
you know, the athlete that comes in and does the scientifically proven way to train is not going to get better results than the athlete who comes in with the maybe not so scientific but wants to fucking be there. Mm. And so we thought that we're just going to focus solely on culture. We're going to focus solely on accountability and commitment. Like if you miss a couple of sessions, you're fucked. Like we're going through the purge at the moment where we set you a whole bunch of targets. Now the target doesn't mean you have to be an athlete. It might be like, you know, I've just started. My target's going to be to show up to three sessions a week or two sessions a week. But if you set yourself a target, we make you sign a document that says, I'll commit to these targets that I've set, signed, and in eight weeks, if you don't hit those targets, you've got two weeks to find yourself a new facility and exit. Whoa. And we'll help you find the facility. We're not going to leave you hanging dry sort of thing. But you just get that, yeah, that polite, look, this isn't the place for you sort of thing. You want the commitment. That's fucking... That's, that's all it is. And it's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a financial hit for us. Like last year we purged 15 people coming to summer and it's, you know, it's... It's an awkward thing, but at the same time, if you're going to pay me your hard-earned cash and you want me to take your parcel from this location to this location, and when you pay me the cash, I decide not to take it there, I'm stealing from you. Mm. And if you know, that's your hard-earned money, and if I don't get you your results, then I'm a thief, and I don't want to be like that. Are you a thief, or are you just catching people's money who they're throwing it away? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that Robin Hood. Like if someone's standing off the top of a building throwing out fifties, and you're just down the bottom catching them, you're not a thief. Yeah, but that but that guy unfortunately might make everyone else start throwing fifties, and I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I guess for us the biggest thing is just accountability and commitment. Like people get a bit worried about the athleticism, and you'll see over our next couple of posts that we've got a lot of people in there that aren't you aren't you intimidating testosterone fueled or kind of Barbie doll freak athletic women. Um, or you know, just if you're men, like we just we do have you know, you know, your average Joes, and their targets might be different. But if you don't hit commit, your targets, yeah, you know, like some of the it. targets are reading the book. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you you just got to make the commitment to something that you believe in, and we want you to do it. And then when you hit that, because what that does to your subconscious is it tells you you're you're worthy, like you're achieving mm. shit. And when you go through tough times, that's what your body actually, your brain starts to call upon and goes, oh, "I'm a piece of shit." Oh, hang on, no, remember that time I read that book when I said I would. Remember that time I showed up twice a week when I said I would? That's mad. And that can also be the difference between someone jumping off a cliff or someone just calling their mate and going, I'm feeling a bit shitty. And for us, that's what it's all about. And, you know, some people like to do the, you know, the other facilities that are a bit more blase, and that's cool. Yeah. But when you come to us, we're about the mindset. Yeah, you're paying for pinpoint, not paying for a gym. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And so this for is us, what it is. And you've got you to crack, crack some rocks to find gold, so it's a bit hard sometimes. Do you have a scrawny section? Yeah, bro, but um, yeah, it's full at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make my way there. <laughs> Is that your idea? Whose idea was that? Just to say, look, we'll set goals for people if they're not making them. Yeah, Go no, I, got, I got fucking rode like a horse by Todd Loudon, the coach at Wanderers there for five years and fucking almost broke me. But, um, yeah, he was massive, you know, because we just – I was always about making excuses or maybe not communicating in my life when stuff was getting tough. I'd be like, motherfucker, footy training's cost me 400 bucks because I've got to miss out on training these boys here mm. or, or I'm breaking up with a girlfriend. Why the fuck don't you know that? And he's like, well, you should communicate like a fucking grown man. Yeah. Speak your fucking problem and we'll discuss it. And so for me it was just about, you know, you can't sell them so stop making them. And that's what my dad always says when you're talking about excuses. So – yeah, for us, it's just a no-excuse policy, and that's what I built Pinpoint entirely upon, and that's why I can be a bit hard and pull softens the blow, mm. but it gets results. Mm. Just um, So from where it's all started for you, Paulie, what's the – is there one – like a big thing that you've noticed from where you, when you started to what Pinpoint is now? Like what's the biggest change you've seen in it? 
Apart from the influx of women, thanks to yourself. <laughs> Look, it's uh, – I think the, the – it's funny. It's, the culture is just – we've always had a good culture, mm. always. Like it's something that we pride ourselves on. I but think it's good – sorry. Just, okay. I think it's good because you're still just – like you're just the lads. Oh, it's bro. not like you're trying to be fucking Part drill sergeants or fucking I'm up here. You, you know, you're just the, bo- the no boys way. still. 100%. Yeah, and that's – and like that's the thing, like – we just uh, all we've tried to do is just over the years is just kind of get a get a place where you can go, where you can just work on yourself for an hour, leave your problems at the door, work on yourself for an hour, hang out with your mates. Like you don't have to go to the pub and like have beers, even though I love to. Mm. I do love to, <laughs> um, which I'm happy to do. But at the same time, it's nice to have another another place where you yeah. can go and you can um, you can work on relationships. Um, in, in like that sort of environment. So personally for me, it's been – it's just been a wild ride and the, and the, the, the culture of where we're at and, and and what we are as a facility is what is what yeah. is the best for me. Fucking hell. Mm. So in relation to like developing athletes and developing certain people, I don't you – know, yeah, Jared from Subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he ended up being a fucking pedophile, but I'm just saying <laughs> – does Pinpoint have like a success story like that? Someone they say, look, this is what we did with X Bro, or Y there's, or... There's, yeah, didn't you see Cal Rennie yesterday? <laughs> no, and like there's, 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 there's so many of them. Yeah. And like, and that's, yeah, that's not a fucking plug because the, the way we, we value success, like we don't, we don't do these eight week lose body fat and win a fucking car challenge because what's, that's just feeding into your insecurities in the first place. What are you going to do after that eight weeks? Exactly, like, oh, you're sweet, done, tick that box, take my photo, then blow the fuck out, Mm. like, it's game over. So, for us, like, you know, I've I've had people come and knock on the door that are going through, like, when we went through the, the biggest success for me was when we did the junior development program, we stopped 11 kids from suicide. Whoa. That was the biggest one. And that was because I made myself available where I said, you know, the coaches, it's tough because they're living in an era where they think that drugs and alcohol and ping is like, that's bad. They don't realise now it's fucking basically in everyone's pocket. Like yeah. You go out and party now and everyone's got a fucking bag. Everyone's yeah. got a pinger. It's just fucking normal. Yeah. But for us, we know what a come down is. Yeah. So we know that this ain't normal. Write it out. Call your boy. Hug your missus. Yeah. Cry. Do what you got to do. Put a wolf out you You're all good. <laughs> but they don't know that these feelings aren't real. And so at the young age, I used to have guys come in. You could tell they were fucking off a two-day bender and they're like 16 years old. Yeah. And they're like, I can't tell mum and dad. Yeah. I can't tell the coaches. I'm like, all good. Get in my office. That's yeah. Hydrate. And tomorrow we're going to have lunch. Mm. And that was cool. And it came down to 11 different guys that admitted and a few of them that had written letters and just said, you stopped me from this. And that was, that, was, that was the moment where I went, fuck, this could be a place that isn't just about training. We could get them here to train them because guys like to have good rigs. So we get them here and disguise it and we'll go on this one. That's, so, yeah, that's the difference bit... between, like, when, between when we were growing up and stuff and the kids these days. Like, 16, we were fucking... Yeah. Girls, I'm pretty sure I was fresh off a push bike still uh, trying to sneak drinks. Uh, like, alcohol was the fucking, you know... Six you were doing bears a month, like, maybe. Yeah. Like, I think, you know I think I mean? at one point I was actually up at Billy's house when we were about 16. I think I might have had a long neck or two near and I was mm. actually had a rolly and I, we had, like, grass off the lawn. That's grass. Fucking yeah. danger. Putting it, put it in there and like rolling it up. And rolling like up Tetley tea bags. Oh, <laughs> and, and now they're fucking double dumping like pingers yeah. and blowing lines. And it's well, you, you saw the other day off the fucking what the scav hunt was. Can't leave in school. Yeah. Do a line on the Harbour Bridge. Fucking mm. show a pinger. Yeah, where do you get the money for that at that age? Yeah, you like, fucking fuck. dirty bastards. Damn you. Private school motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. 
Shaw School, mainly that's who it was. Mm. Oh, what dang. if it was piss on a homeless person? Oh, <laughs> yeah, hell, that's boys. fuck. That's just bad humanity, bro. Like that's fucking, a, there was some fucking gnarly shit in those uh, scaffolds this that, year. That's not even fucking mm. like cool, dangerous. That's just fucking being a bad yeah. human. Yeah. Piss you on suck. a fucking yeah, homeless that's person. That is. That's where you suck. That's that rot shit. Yeah, fucking so back to the gym. Let's get off that moot rot. Oh, yeah. I was off it, bro. Yeah. You just keep throwing it <laughs> back oh, at me. In your words, who would be the most impressive athlete you've had come through pinpoint? Um, male or female? Nah, whatever. Man, pulling. What, you, what do you want to say? Male or female? It's a it, tough one. Is that him up there? It's a tough one. Super Samoan. He is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Guys like Mark come through, uh, like uh, Bam Bam tied to mm. us. He's come through, so shout yes. out Western Sydney, baby. Oh, what's up, man? What's up? So we've had um, guys like that. Um, we've had Andrew Tawala, uh, obviously down making his doing his thing down in Sydney. Um, Harry Holmes, yeah, gun as well. Mm. Um, but also as well, yeah, impressive athletes and that. But shout out to the to the chicks that have also. Come back from uh, after after having a baby. Yeah, doing stuff like that, man. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's it's been a cool ride. But uh, but yeah, guys like your Andrew Twilers, your Harry Holmes, um, obviously all the teams we've had, your Auckland Blues. Um, we had yeah, the, Brum- the Blues, the Blues, the Blues, the Blues. We had the uh, the Brumbies, the winners of this year COVID Cup. Fucking, <laughs> 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 I'm gonna win that. Peyton Bow, that by the way, that's <laughs> my design. Had the Brumbies in for two weeks, um, and they were man, they were stellar. So they were, they were good to have in. Who's the um, not most impressive athlete, but who's been the most professional you've seen, you've oh, seen no, come for, through? For me, like, um, obviously I've got a massive massive heart on for, like, Andrew Tuala because I got to see him when he showed mm, up. From, boy. Came over from New Zealand yeah. and he was so overweight. And he, but he was funny he was because big, he showed up to his first session, you know, he did that typical, you know, Samoan thing where he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next session just shows up late. And I said, brother, you can't be late. He goes, oh, sorry, sorry. Next session, no shows. Mm. So I banned him from the gym for six weeks. This is in the pre-season when he's first come over to Wanderers. And, um, but he had to do extras. He had to run, row 5Ks every day for six weeks if he wanted to get back in. And he did it for six fucking weeks. And then came in and then it was six months later, he got his body weight down. And I get a phone call from the Melbourne Rebels that says, if you can make this guy lose 10 kilos in the next 30 days, we'll take him. Yeah. I'll cut his arm off. That's right, mate. So yeah, I was I like, yeah, I, I was fucking, I was, yeah. So for me, but I didn't tell him. So I woke him up morning and night for 30 days and he dropped 10.2 kg and then got his contract. But it was fucking cool because, you know, you, you know, you, you, they always talk about that, that kind of mindset where they, you know, people consider a lot of Polynesians to be lazy. I'm like, no, you fucking, they ain't lazy. You just got to find the right reason to fire him up. And his was just family. Mm. You know, and, he, and he was just... And he's a good dude. Oh, bro. Oh, and, he, and ever since, bone, man, like, and he, he is just, for me, that's my... My favourite athlete, my favourite, my, my biggest personal um, kind of, I don't know, it's not my success, it's his success. I, just, I gave him the tools. To say it's my success means I built the house. Like, he built the fucking house. I just gave him the tools, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, for me, that's my, my number one. Just fix the sink, baby. Yeah. yeah. Best athlete I as well? blasted the wall. Yeah, mate, he's a fucking, he's a freak. freak. Like, um, but, I mean, best athlete, who would be the best athlete? I mean, I, I thought um, we had Alicia Quirk, who was uh, won an Olympic gold for the – Rugby sevens before she was the captain for the, the um, Australian rugby sevens women's side, yeah. and um, she was fucking cool, bro. Yeah, she was fucking athletic, and then she put the mouth guard in, 
and show up to Wanderers first grade and fucking belt the blokes. Oh, really? Like, and they were like, oh, yes, yeah, you want to run at me, like, <laughs> So she, she was definitely definitely up there, but that's man, cool. they're that's all cool kids. We've had, like, guys like Chingas. Yeah, Nick Jennison, he's a fucking, he's a weapon. Weapon. Came to us, like, skinny as, as like, as a kid. Like, just yeah, as 14, 14 years old. His name's or Chingas. What's his name? Nick, Nick Jentison. Nick Jentison. Yeah. Well, so just a natural-born athlete. Man, no, he's, worked his ass off. Worked his ass off, man. He was skinny, skinny ass, but came in, put in the hard work, and then by like time he was like eighteen, like sort of thing, he's like back squatting like almost three times his body weight, like he's yeah, like like big time. And uh, now he's on a path to be a physio, hopefully. Yeah. And we might he'll be end up, he'll working with us. But it's like yeah, right. athletically, all our guys at the facility. When the pros come in, it's the coolest part because when we had like the Matauti brothers in, we had Nick White come in, like Dane Gagai, we get up, we, you know, like we get a whole bunch of pros that come in. They train with our guys, and like our guys are actually just as athletic. Oh, and really? they're like, they're like, whoa! And I'm like, that's why the difference between the fucking guy who makes it is what's between his ears. Mm. That's all it is because they believe that they are better than the person in front of them, and um, yeah. So that's that's the one thing that I could take away. Like it's kind of easy to get that athletic mm. but to take it to the next level you've got to have some kind mm. of fucking chemical yeah. in your brain that says I, I can run through that mountain so you've you got those crews in there as well don't you they've like 5am crew and that has a name and like the 7 yeah. o'clock crew that has a name you'll make them all pit them off against one another fucking with no. it. and is that a good one if you don't show up and you're in my crew I'll <laughs> yeah. tell the boys I'm like if anybody doesn't show up today yeah, everyone's got 100 calories in the fan bike like, so you're, bro, I, I go to training oh, sometimes. Oh, so everyone else is paying because you're the man. Like, you're That's fucked. the best way to do it, too. Like, I go to training sometimes and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys paying me? Oh, no, I, sorry. I, I think he meant. Uh, I'll, pl- I'll get to it. It's all right. Oh, yes, great. Carry on. Have I missed that? No, nah, I was saying you pit the teams off against one another, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the scoreboard sort yeah, of Yeah, we've got Olympics every year. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, so basically every every team will, like I said, they've got their names. Yeah. They, um, they get real upset at each other. It gets heated sometimes. Because they're, they're not there when the other team's doing their work. Nah. So they're training, going, what are they going to get? What are not they going to mention, get? Not to mention, we're in, we're in every chat too. So like group chats. Oh, right. So, and we are screenshotting, reposting. Oh. Just absolutely. Look at what he said. Oh, hey. the Look at what he said oh. about your mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making up fake posts. Yeah. Yeah. Stop fake, fake profiles and shit. And then you'll see like a couple of boys, the shift workers have to drift down to another crew for a week and then it's like in the corner like, fuck, yeah. get away yeah. from us, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Do me a favour, please. Yeah. Get out of here, man. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so the, the big last one. What's what's next for the boys? Yeah, you just mentioned before the young fella might be working with you guys at the facility. So you yeah, well for, us, for us, man, like uh, we love the idea of bringing people up and then giving them a pathway. And we've got so many connections now. Like we worked massively with with Nathan Pepper to get himself started with his WIA. You know, like just we, we were the person that first sold him his ever fucking acai to make his acai bowls. You know what I mean? Like for us, it's. It's about getting that connection amongst businesses and yeah. trying to send employees to you know, work with Pooley at the time. But, yeah, Chingas hopefully for us ends up being a physio of ours. But our, our next step is to build a facility in two years here that will have an indoor footy field, which oh. is a half-size footy field. And um, we'll, be, we'll be teaming up with a few people and it's just going to end up being an academy where it's got bunk beds and kids from the country can come down, do a, do a combine. We'll pick ten kids. They can stay in the bunk beds, get trained up athletically, and get him a contract as in the sport. 
Fucking and, oh, um, everything yeah, you yeah. need kind of facility Basketball as court, well. the ring. Mark yeah. Hunt wants to look at maybe come on doing our doing our jiu-jitsu side of things with the ring and recovery rooms and physios and sports psychs and and restaurants and that's that's what we're doing. Yeah, I'd always said if I won the lotto, I'd like to do something like that. Just set up like mm. an academy for young fellas. Well, let say, me know if you do. I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need investors. Can we name it Pinpoint? Yeah. <laughs> you pay. You call it what you want, brother. <laughs> no, I'll just get you to run. And I'll say, see what I did. <laughs> But uh, you got more? No, nah, I'm fucking, unless you want to talk some shit. I'm nah, pretty much done. That I'm, was good, huh? I'm, 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 that was good, yeah, get, get the yeah. Turn the mics off so we can really talk what we want to talk about. <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Sage Painting, www.sagepainting.com.au. Yes, sir. Thanks, boys. Cheers for coming on. Appreciate that. Oh, wait, sorry. Where can everybody find you guys? Ah, oh, give it a plug. Give it a plug. Pinpoints. Uh, we're in uh, number two Hall Street. We're across the road from Pet Barn in town. Big grey building. We've got a new sign on the door. It's a uh, big, uh, big dark sign with our Pinpoint Athlete logo on there, uh, right on the corner there. So on the corner of Hall and Arnott Street. Across the number. Contact us is uh, at Pinpoint Athlete on uh, Instagram. Do not um, text me. Text Pulley. Thank across you. from number two. Across from Audi. Fuck, and you can't miss the joke. Smack fucking bang, boys. Let's go. Smack bang. Thanks. Here we go again. Run the exit, baby. I love this fucking song. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate coming on, eh? Thanks for having us. Ace out. Ace out. Ace out. Long sleeves. My guy. Woo! Shit be warm.